This is episode 155. I gotta admit, I was sitting on this episode for quite a while. Uh, it was recorded back in April. And I tell you why I was sitting for so long on this episode. Uh, as you know, the episode is about the six gill sharks. It's a, a species of a massive shark that uh, can be caught off the west coast of Ireland, mainly thanks to the services of a master skipper, Luke Aston, who was our guest in episode 41. And uh, to talk about six gill sharks, uh, I dragged in again our friend Patrick Collins, Dr. Patrick Collins, marine biologist from Queen's University, Belfast, um, because I heard that he was doing some work on six gill sharks. And so I thought it's going to be fun to talk with him. And as you will hear in a second uh, or in a few minutes, uh, we were planning on doing some field work or maybe field experiment. Um, and yeah, we were trying to put this together and we had like a three versions of it, how it might happen. And the trip happened, but the sharks didn't show up. So I decided to not wait any longer and put this episode out now. But I didn't give up. So uh, one, watch this space and uh, basically subscribe to my newsletter. The link is in the description of the show. As you know, there is uh, quite a time sometimes before I turn around the episode of the podcast, but in the newsletter, you will get all the news firsthand and as soon as possible. And secondly, if you are a scientist who works on six gill sharks and you want uh, to, you know, get one up and close, uh, give me a shout, uh, get in touch and uh, we'll uh, try to sort out a shark for you, six gill shark. Oh, by the way, uh, alive, right? No six gill sharks were or will be harmed in making of this podcast, okay? Anyway, um, the episode is out and we are going to talk about six gill sharks, at least whatever we know about those sharks. And then in the second part of the podcast, we switch gears and we are going to talk about the main subject of uh, Patrick's research, which is... Uh, the common skate complex. And in case you wonder what is a common skate complex, um, we used to think that we have this species of skate uh, in Ireland called common skate for some reason, because it's anything but. Um, but then as the science progressed, it turned out that it's actually many species of skate that were just lumped into this one term. Uh, flapper skate, blue skate, a few other species of skate. Um, so because we know this is not the one species of skate, but multiple, uh, now we're referring to all those species as the common skate complex. So uh, Patrick does the research. This is his main um, focus. And he will share with us today uh, some results of his research that are not published yet. At least they, they were not published where we were recording this podcast a few months ago, but I believe they're still not published. Um, and yeah, so you will hear about them here first on this podcast, unless you're like, you know, really keep in touch in the uh, common skate complex research and you already read those papers in case they're published. Um, you will hear this uh, here first on Tommy Sodor's Conservation and Science podcast. Um, yeah, and, and unfortunately, the news are not exactly good, uh, but you will hear that directly from uh, Patrick. Uh, nevertheless, he seems to be still optimistic uh, about the skate uh, situation in Ireland. Okay, um, so that's it. That's a prolonged introduction and kind of explanation why you had to wait so long for this episode. Um, just a one more time reminder, subscribe to the newsletter. You will get all the information firsthand very quickly. Uh, so if we put together another trip uh, with six gill sharks and we do some, you know, cool science, um, you will hear uh, about it first from the newsletter and uh, podcast episode will come later. So folks, without any further delay, Six Gill Sharks and Skates with Patrick Collins. Enjoy.
welcome to the show. Welcome again to the show. Welcome back to the show, should I say. Good to be back, Tommy. Good to have you again. Listen, man, last time we spoke with uh, about the flapper skate, and we're going to touch about flapper skate today as well, because that is really your main species of interest, like you're doing the research on. Yeah. But I, I got you here a second time on the podcast to talk about six-gill sharks, or they, they call it blunt-nosed six-gill. We do a little bit of work on six-gills, not a huge amount. Uh, probably the most publicized piece of work we got was in the Daily Mail. Mm. Um, so we were out in County Clare with Luke Ashton a few years ago, I think it was pre-COVID, with a team from Trinity, uh, Nick Payne's PhD student, Haley Dalton, is doing her PhD on, on six skills, or their big part of her PhD. And so we went down there to poodle around the place. We'd heard they, they get a few six skills down there. So we, with a buddy of mine, Rory Gallagher from Fjordstrong, which is a, it's a spin out from the university here that does subsea imaging, we, we, we dropped a few of these cameras that we built um to look for them didn't expect to find any um because we didn't have much and but the weather was fantastic um so we, we dropped the cameras down and on the first drop we saw one huh. and we saw one in shallow water during the day now six scale are, are a deep water animal they live on the continental shelf like they're they're adapted to like if you don't know what they are they're huge they're they're like they really are relics from the Triassic. Yeah, like so that, go, that's that's really what I want to start. Like for the listeners who don't know, right? Because we just kind of go jump into it, like ah, oh, talk about six. For people who have no idea, can you yeah. describe blunt nose six gill shark, sometimes called cow shark? What are they? How big they are? How small they are? What are they doing? What's their life history? All these stuff. They're they're big. They they can range up to a thousand kg. So 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 a big big animal. Uh, six meters not all of them. most of them are a lot smaller than that but they can get very 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 big they're a predatory animal that's you know that's got six rows of sharp teeth um but it, it's 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 not like your image of a big predatory shark like a tiger shark or a great white with a big fin on the top and a kind of sleek kind of torpedo shape these guys are more sluggish looking and they don't have a big fin on the top the fins are at the back end um they're part of the six and seven gill group of sharks, which really are, their heyday was back before dinosaurs were a big thing in the Triassic. Um, but these are kind of, these guys are still pootling along, doing a great job these days. Um, they're huge, heavy, sluggish things, massive animals. You know, size comparison wise, they're, they're up there with tiger sharks. Um, and and, and they're, they're these large predatory sharks that people in Ireland, you know, you know, you talk to most people about the marine biodiversity around their island, our, our island, and they kind of go mackerel, and, <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, and they're not really aware about these very, this huge diversity of sharks that we get. Sharks, skates, and rays in our waters. It's it's one of the most, certainly in terms of temperate waters, the most diverse waters in Europe. Um, and, and especially that area from County Clare down around to West Cork, that little, that little boot around the, the, the corner of Ireland. That's the Jurassic Park of, of large Lazarbranks. You know, I was talking to to Luke Ashton, the skipper who who runs the charter boat down there. Great friend yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, good, good, good chap. And uh, he was saying that he he found the the, the six skills when they were fishing for his flappers. Flapper, oh no, back in the day, they were calling him common skate, and they hauled one up, but a big, huge bite out of the side of it. And you're like, what, what could give a skate? Like, a skate's a big animal. Skate's 100 kgs. They're big, big beasts. Um, like the flappers are the biggest skate in the world. What, what could bite out the side of a skate? What animal is that big? Is it an orca or is it something else? But no. And, and then soon after, they, 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 they hauled up the first uh, the first six skill. So maybe the six skills, I don't know, maybe it was just a skate on the line and just went for a munch on it. Or maybe the six skills are there to eat the giant skates. Yeah. That's which a, it's really is Jurassic Park, yeah. Yeah, look, so normal normally sharks have a five uh, gills, five yeah. gill uh openings or how what's the name? What's the proper name? Gill slits. Gill, gill slits. Yeah. Gill slits. That's what I, and these six gill and seven gill sharks, these are like an older group of sharks. So the so the modern sharks with five gill slits, they're evolved from the from the old one. How does that well they they they, they share a common ancestor, put it that way. Um, but, but these guys are certainly, um, 
they would have been more common back in the Triassic period. They would have been the kind of most common shark form. But the 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 kind of our more modern versions of you know sharks are a bit, a bit more streamlined, a bit faster, a bit bit better. Um, you know, that's a long time ago. Th things change. So so look, we don't know much about them, right? So no. My my question. So I heard you know stories, or maybe you know uh, people just making up stuff. There are they uh, carnivores? Like they are carnivore, but are they? Uh, scavengers or are they actually hunting do we know because it was like oh maybe they they feeding on the dead seal carcasses but that would be need to be like a a lot of dead seal carcasses to feed those fish i get i'm guessing i don't know well most most scavengers are predators if given the chance like True. this idea that some animals are just scavengers and some are predators most lions will eat dead meat and most hyenas hunt so these things have, have big, sharp teeth. Their jaws kind of extend out. They're more than capable of eating stuff in the deep sea that they can catch. Um, they're also, but also, if you put a sandwich in front of it, it's going to eat it. So if you give it an easy meal, it's going to do it. I think the story about what's happening in the west coast of Ireland is, 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 is interesting. Why are we getting them so close to shore in shallow water in daylight? What are they doing? Because these are an animal that are adapted to live in the deep sea. Um, there are a handful of other sites in the world where you can get six gills in, in this relatively shallow water as well, which is, you know, 30, 60 meters. It's not, we're not talking about, you know, bathing depth, but, but relatively shallow water. Um, what are they doing? Now, we don't know. We don't know to be the truth. But the working hypothesis is that it appears that a lot of the fish that are that are the records we have in the shallow water are females. And they're big females. And it appears that the females, what we think, and this is pub conversation talk because we've no evidence for it yet. But what we think is that the, the, these are large pregnant females coming in through warm water to speed up the gestation of the pups. Oh, okay. Um, because remember, these are cold-blooded animals. Um, and, and then they, they speed up the gestation. That means they can get the pups out of them quicker. Uh, and there's probably plenty of food there as well. Like when we drop the cameras down, that area is super rich and everything else. <laughs> there's there's no shortage of food for them there. Um, the other interesting thing is the pups seem to appear off. Is it the the Rockall Bank that area there? Or is it? Yeah, I think it's the Rockall Bank uh, in numbers. But I don't know. A mysterious animal. Very very mysterious. Oh, so they're but like a juvenile, like a pups. We do get popping, but offshore. Far, far offshore. But we do, where we look at the ground fish survey data, we do see the pups aggregating in, in the, the, the porcupine bite out there. Wow. But not much more. We know, we know right? Like we've got a handful of records. We've got the few fish that Luke caught, a few other people caught, and we've got the little bit of camera work we did. We're, we're looking to go back. Uh, again, COVID kind of kicked us in the teeth a bit uh, because we need to be out in boats and we need to be talking to people and we can't do that if, if there's all the restrictions. So hopefully in the next year or two, um, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll try and get out in some of the boats and have a look and see and poke them in the eye and see what we see. So they're, they're, uh, what's it called? Om, omni, like the, the, the term that they, uh, giving birth to the life, uh, pups, they're not, yes. they're not like, they're, no, they don't lay eggs. No, they don't lay eggs. They, they give life birth. How, so was that Luke who first discovered them in air quotes, you know, like, oh my God, what's happened? No, no. Uh, people have known about them for a long time. Like if you look at the the, the fishies records, there are records of them being caught off Cork and Kerry and Clare. But but Luke is Luke had a lot of publicity because he landed one a few years ago, and he's had some success in doing it. And he he does charter boats that 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 can allow anglers to go out and target them. Um, but no, they, they've they've been known. We've known about them for a while, and uh, there is some. There's data about them as well from groundfish surveys and stuff like that. Okay, they're, so not, they, so they're not a particularly rare animal. Like they're 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 oh. a huge distribution. They're found. Yeah, they're they're, they're they're exactly. I was I was uh, looking uh, some some years back on the it is they they're like across the world. They're, they're everywhere. Yeah. yeah, New Zealand and 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 so on. Yeah, yeah. From from and as far as we know, they're all the same species. Yeah, um, but yeah. So so they're yeah they're, because they're, there's this caveat that there might be you know like a thing with with Aristotle. We, we were we're looking at a a, a species of deep water skate at the moment, Bathyraja, the spiny tail skate, and Richardson skate. And there's one called uh, Bathyraja Richardsoni, and it's found in New Zealand, 
and it was found off the west coast of Ireland. And I was sitting here with Amy, my, Amy Garbett, a postdoc in my group, and we were like, oh, this is odd. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense. Why is it not found anywhere else? It's probably not the same thing. So we went back to the records and and, and we looked at which one was named first. And it was the one in New Zealand was named first after a guy, Richardson, right? And so we looked at how 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 did they name the one that's in the Atlantic? And it, it was in the 50s and it was a series of letters. <laughs> and, and they're like, I found a skate. This chap in England found a skate. And said, I found a skate and it's got a white belly and it looks like the one you found. Oh, that's yeah, probably looks very similar. Well, let's call it the same thing. So there was no genetics back then. They, 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 you know, you couldn't travel really that easily to do this stuff. So they just lumped them as the same thing. But when we looked at it and we got some genetic information from both, and we're working now with the, some museums in New Zealand and stuff to try and um, tease out, no, these aren't the same thing. These are completely different things. There's none in between. They don't even look that similar. They're not even closely related when you look <laughs> at the genetics. So that we've got a new species of really large skate uh, off the West Coast. Um, now we're, we're working on it at the moment. Hopefully we'll get that written up and published in the next year or so, depending on, on, on time concerns. But, but it's, it just shows you. We all kind of think that we know everything, that especially big animals uh, and stuff in our backyard. But here we have a really rather large animal uh, swimming around that we know about and turns out to be we got it wrong all along and uh, we're only now realizing that well, that's, uh, that's not what we thought it was which has implications for management for fisheries and all that because if we suddenly realize that this animal isn't found in you know if it's found in New Zealand and Ireland then it's found everywhere in between as well which which suggests it's got a huge distribution there's lots of them out there if we realize then that no they're just found off the North Atlantic and a different animal altogether is found around New Zealand that means there's different implications for the exploitation of them. Like you can't just go around fishing the hell out of them because all of a sudden you realize they're all gone. And we do have a, there is, there is a bit of a track record there of targeting these large skates. And next thing you know, they're all gone. Um, so, cause they reproduce very slowly and they're, they're not particularly difficult to catch. Well, these Richard's own eyes are quite deep. Let's be honest. They're, no one's targeting them to the best of my knowledge. They're, 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 but we have that conversation, like on the on the previous episode, uh, it was in eighty one, uh, where you know, like a lumpers and splitters, and it's like, yeah. so you just you just wonder, you know, even if they're there, almost the same, very close genetically, and so on. The, the other populations, like in New Zealand, you know, you're not anyone to grab the big skate or big shark and bring them to Ireland and release here, like right, like once they gone, then gone. I don't. But 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 there's big issues with this. Um, like we see it with the flappers and the blues, the old common skate complex, that they're quite different animals. They're, they're not in terms of the genus Dipterus. They're not that. They're not sister species at all. The blue skate is more related to the or more closely related to the barn door skate uh, in, in America, Canada. And the flapper skate we get, which is the largest in the world, is, is actually closely related to the, the long nose skate, which is found largely in the Mediterranean, but a bit outside of it as well. So they're 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 not similar. They're they're related to each other, but they're not they're not like sister taxa. Huh. Yeah. So you're saying that the same may turn up being the case in in in, in case of a six gill shark. Oh well, well, we don't know. We don't know. I, 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 it is I, possibility. I, I, it is possibility. Possibility. I don't. I think we need to look in a bit more detail. We haven't. There's not a lot of work done on them in, in these waters. Anyway. From what from what we know, they're, they're probably the same thing. You know, you're talking about a deep, big, deep animal that that moves. You know, you know, a bit like basking shark or stuff like this in the shallow water. Or well, basking shark do go quite deep as well. But they're capable of of large scale movement. So I'd imagine they're probably the same thing. But we don't know. We don't know. So you said that they, they were, it, it wasn't like a massive discovery or surprise that they were around. There were, there were records already, like older records of the six gill sharks being here around. Uh, but I, I feel like after, like I said, look at the, a little bit of a publicity, you know, through fishing farms and so on. And because that, that the one shark was, was landed, by the way, it was landed on the request of the angler. Was yeah, 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 Austrian yeah. guy, and it's yeah. no. Luke, Luke normally puts everything. He almost always puts stuff back. Like he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he knows. Yeah. But you know, like he, he, we had this conversation because at the time it was like in the, in the fishing forums, it was like a big, like, oh, you know, the usual. And you know, he's like, yeah, that's a uh, angler's fish. He paid for it. He wanted, uh, I think, uh, landed because uh, to to register as a record 
uh, in the record. Yeah. So there's like no, no other option. But for uh, people who are worried about it, the, 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 it was used the long dog selling shark steaks for the next yeah. number of uh, weeks. I can't imagine they'd be that tasty, to be honest. But he's not, they're, they're not breaking the law. Um, mo most of these fish aren't, th there's very little protection for any of them. Um, like even, even the critically endangered ones, there's very little. They're, they're not like squirrels. But really, we don't know how many of them. The this the stat, I, you know, again, you you look at the statuses of those species of fish, and you have a mixed like in one place they're so like data deficient, so it's, you don't know, yeah, like near threatened, then it's you know least, least concern, and then depends on what population and so on. So as far as you concerned, like what is the conservation status? Like, are we should should we should, on the we, six should, gill? Yeah, six gill. Uh, I, I'd imagine there. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. We haven't looked. I'd imagine there's no huge pressures on them. Um, they live in quite deep water. We don't interact with them that much. Um, I, I'd imagine there are some fisheries for them, some places in the world. But one I, I, boat in Ireland, as far as yeah, yeah, in the last twenty years, there was one. But um, no, I'd imagine the juveniles get caught as bycatch. Um, there probably are some small pressures on them, but I, I can't imagine. But again, you know. These are slow growing, I'd imagine. We don't know yet. Um, but based on their where they live, their metabolism is going to be quite low because they're living in cold, deep water. I'd imagine they're slow growing. Um, so, yeah, I'd imagine they're quite quite vulnerable to any sort of exploitation. But as to whether they're threatened or not, I just don't know. I don't think it, I don't think it works. It is like a common theme that we just don't know. It's mm. all like a speculation. It's like, oh, maybe this is what they do. Well, it it, de it depends for a lot of the stuff like for instance the flapper skate and the blue skate we know that they they were very common 120 years ago or 100 years ago and then we fished the hell out of them and we just don't see them anymore so we know species like that that their their decline was like oh there's loads of them in our fisheries to none and if, if we look at the ground fish survey data that the governments do as part of their obligations and their ICs and all that, we just don't, they don't pop up. And if they do pop up, we're, we're not talking like hundreds. We're talking, you know, we might get tens of juveniles in a year, which doesn't suggest a, a very healthy status compared to previously when they would have been a major component of the fishery. Yeah, you're talking about skate now. Skate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. six kill. This is like yeah. non-existent. So what was the, like... How you get involved in the research and like what was the idea that you're 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 actually you ended up being with the cameras on the boat and, and uh, conversations in a pub. So there was a uh, largely uh, Nick Payne, a, a lecturer in Trinity. Uh, he, he was doing a bit of work on them. He works on big. He works on tiger shark and all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, and Nick was going down to do a bit of work on them, and he knew because I do a lot of work with the drop down cameras and the the towed cameras and stuff. And he was like, he's an Australian and he's very enthusiastic. And he was, you know, chatting to me in the pub and he said, this works. Um, you know, while, while he's doing his stuff, I can drop my cameras down and we can see if we can see him. Because, you know, if, if you're going, if you're going to deploy gear or try and attach gear to these fish, you need to know that they're there. And by dropping my cameras down, which are just baited cameras, basically, um, it'll give you a good indication of what's in the area. And because they eat stuff, they'll come in and they did. So, you know, I, I, I was there just to, and, you know, with the cameras, if, if the water clarity is good, you can see the fish. Now we're developing techniques using, we've got, um, we do photogrammetry with the cameras so we can estimate the size of the, of the fish and the status of the fish. And, you know, is it male, female, pregnant, it's, you know, and, and then we're beginning to get to the point now where we can identify the fish to individual based on the images because we can do it in 3D and all that. So it's, it, it, it's quite neat. Um, so th that's kind of where I'd like to go back there and, and try and try it. Cause we've developed a lot of this kit for the flappers and I'd like to start trying it on some other species as well. See if how, how that would be on. awesome, man. Yeah. So you just you'd try, uh, catch them with a, with a rod and rod and line. Like I wasn't trying to catch them. No, uh, I was trying to take images of them. So just, just, just for photograph them, photograph them, see if they're there. Uh, what they're doing? Are they males, females, juveniles? What's going on? Because uh, a rod line's good, but we, you know, I, I don't know. We, we can get we can get similar or not same data from from a camera, 
and we can also look at prey fields and stuff like that. We get a lot of information from the the drop down cameras. Okay, okay. And do you think, like you know, like obviously, I was interested from the angling perspective. You know, I was uh, uh, strapped to one of those for one hour forty five minutes uh, back yeah. in the days, and uh, I think I'm going to come back this year with a bigger boat. Yeah, yeah, on the, <laughs> yeah, on the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> on the same boat. Uh, I, I was actually talking with Luke uh, a couple of days yeah. ago and, and, and see, you know, what he's doing in terms of, of uh, because, you know, like one of the things I remember talking to him, he, he thought there was going to be much bigger interest from anglers, from sport anglers in, in fishing for them. It, and it turns out there's like, well, you know, a couple, a couple of guys like, you know, like Tom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, but how how is angling doing? Is angling a sport that's, growing or is it declining or, or i think you know i think it is declining with the fish yeah you know there is a um a lot of uh, you know when you when you talk with anglers is i think it's a little bit like with hunting only slower but there's like a a lot of people like give up on angling especially in the sea uh because there's there's hard to catch fish yeah you know, and you see the surveys that I, I know that the uh, IFI was doing survey recently on the you know perceived uh, stocks and so on. But if you talk with people, they said like you know like even my father or my grandfather they will be devastated if they knew how the things look like right now compared to the back in the day. Yeah, I even see the difference. You know, when I started angling in Ireland, I came in two thousand seven. We were fishing mainly for sea bass, and you go out, and you know, on each session, uh, we were catching, you know, like one, two fish minimum. Yeah, there were days when you could catch like 10, 12. Like right now, you know, you expect you're gonna come back with nothing. Yeah. So uh, over, you know, like a fifteen years, and I'm here, which is short period of time in terms of you know population growth, it declined. But I think that you know, Luke is a little bit specific because he offers you know kind of like effectively luxury product people yeah, yeah, yeah. coming from abroad and well, well he's going for the giants as well like, like yeah we're for the flappers and the six scales there that's that's a niche market like yeah exactly but you would thought that within that niche market there's gonna be bigger interest it's like oh you can you can find you know you can catch two thousand pound shark and it turns out like yeah not really yeah <laughs> i heard a, i heard a story then the uh people where they went out for blue shark a drift yeah and they set out for a blue shark drift and they done rubby dobby and you know there is a whole procedure to do everything and you have a drift and you have uh, you know the slick going they caught a shark and they once they landed the shark they go like all right so can we go back to estuary fish for mackerel right and everybody's like what you know like this is like a a day on sharks and you just caught one it's like all right one and that box tick. yeah you know, go back so I don't know. I do like eating mackerel, though. <laughs> yeah. If I go I, angling, it's it's for mackerel and stuff. Not, I have nothing against mackerel, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Patrick, so is is there any more research planned on the six gill sharks or like complete fringe and you know, like a, barely anyone is interested in the scientific world. The same, like barely anyone is interested in the angling world with those there, there, sharks, which is probably good for six good sharks. Yeah, there, there's there's not a huge amount. I know Nick is interested in doing a bit more, and John Houghton up here is interested in doing a bit. Mm -hmm. um, Haley, obviously, Nick's PhD student has been tipping away on them. Mm -hmm. um, for us, I may, I know, may get them on po on podcast. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 fun. They're definitely fun. The the problem we have is. To do the work, we need to find money to pay salaries, money to pay for Luke, money to do buy the equipment. And it's just difficult to get something like six skill funded when what's the question? Like we we went out there on the jolly with Nick the last time and we were just shoving cameras in the water. And it was like, oh, they're there. That's kind of cool. But, you know, what, what's the ultimate output there? Um, what, what's Who's going to fund that sort of work? Th that That's where we have. And, and, and to be honest, m my work is almost entirely focused on the flapper scale at the moment because that, that is a big conservation priority. Uh, the, the six skills just aren't in the same league in terms of where the effort needs to be spent. So almost like we, we, we dabble in, 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 in six skills for, as a bit of a laugh and I'd love to go back again and drop some cameras down um, and, and we, we'd get some good stuff out of it and we'd support some students and we'd get some good research on it. But it's, you know, we, we, we got a, we got a, our time, it's not infinite and, and the time we do have we, we try to spend as much as we can on the kind of species that that, that need need the work done which will be the flappers and the blues and stuff like that yeah do you want to go with me on the end of april 
I, I I do. I can bring it. I can bring it. I can bring a drop camera down if you want. Oh, okay. We can do yeah. that. We can do yeah, that. Yeah. After, we, after we finish recording, we're gonna we can set it up for that. Absolutely, yeah, that'd be beautiful. That'd be beautiful. Well, folks, uh, this is like <laughs> something something good is coming to Tommy's Outdoors YouTube channel. I got a feeling. One other thing about six gill sharks, and I already can anticipate your answer, <laughs> but I'm gonna ask the question anyway. Do you feel like uh, angling is a undue or unneeded pressure? So you know when you see a six gill shark being you know, uh, caught. Obviously, they're not being boated. They're not being landed. They're, they're just unhooked in the water. They're, they're in the water, brought to the side of the boat, few photos, unhooked, released. But knowing that they're probably pregnant females, da, 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 do you have any problem with that? Do you think that we might, you know, look closer into that? Or do you not see any problem? Like, where, where are you from the scientific perspective? It's a difficult one. Hmm. If I say I'm against it, I'll get lynched. <laughs> no, like, come on. There's, I, I, um, there's so, there were so many people, even on this podcast, yeah. where like openly thinking like this is the worst thing ever. So, Okay, <laughs> l- l- let's look at it rationally. It's a fish. You know, th- th- there's no real threats to them. They're not commercially caught in great numbers. Um, is it bad for that individual fish? Probably not going to have a great day um is is it bad for the if if it is pregnant and we're not 100 sure they are then it's certainly not very good for it um they, they do tend to abort fetuses and stuff when, when they're under that level of stress or similar species and we don't know if it's six skill but we don't know if they are pregnant we, we need to there's a buddy of mine james thorburn i might see if i can drag him down as well he's he made this little ultrasound same as the one yeah, women use in the in the hospital but we, we designed it to be waterproof and he can use it on the sharks to look for little embryos so if one if, if you are fishing for one and you catch and bring it on side we might uh we might rub an old ultrasound along the side of it see if we see what it looks like well i have to talk to james about that uh, but it, w- it would be kind of cool it would be kind of cool uh, but you know, I I I don't know. Um, I don't think it does anything good for the animal. Yeah, uh, for the individual, right? Obviously. For the individual, certainly not. Like you know, if you were caught with a hook in the face and yeah. dragged for half a mile, and you know, yeah, I think you're not, not going to enjoy no that. I think there's no discussion here. I'm not not I'm not going to even try to say like but yeah. In 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 terms of the outreach, because if if people aren't aware of these things, um, then we don't care. And I think. The anglers are a lobby that is ultimately has a vested interest in conserving these species because they want to, same as the hunting lobby. The, the hunters don't go out to want to destroy everything. The, the vast majority of them, you do get the odd Egypts who are just, you know, that. And I think it's the same with the anglers, especially the guys that target the, the, the bigger animals. They don't go out there to kill. They go out there for the experience and largely to, to see the animal. Um, and it, there's, and there's, you know, Hemingway wrote about this with the big fish. There's, it's part of the human experience to do this. And it, it's, it, it is, I can appreciate the, 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 the thrill of it. So in terms of raising awareness of the species, the plight of the species or, or not, if it's the sixth skill, uh, but just raising awareness that these sort of animals exist in our coastline and that can raise a greater awareness, both in, in, in the public and the politicians and the managers eye about the diversity in our coastline. That's not a bad thing. They need to protect, they need to protect for... Well, if you don't know what's there, if you don't know what's there, what are you protecting? And generally speaking, the people who know what there are those who interact with the environment most, and that's fishermen and anglers. So, you know, both those, I know those two groups are sometimes at loggerheads, but ultimately they both want to continue what they both enjoy doing or fishing and angling uh, and so they, they, they both have a vested interest in maintaining the health of the systems in which they're working um so yeah it's a tough one it, it's a tough question i think <laughs> that i didn't expect this to be in top tough question but yeah it could be i think that on the conference that's you who said that um that it's not like all uh you were talking about fishing that all fishers are are bad because, no god no because no, they no. I, I fish myself like I, you know yeah. it's, it's, and you said i used you, to when i had time <laughs> you said something that i even noted that that they don't want to catch fish they don't want to catch they not if they're not targeting a fish they yeah. really don't want to catch this is the biker yeah. so there are us interested in getting tools and 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 to do not have a bycatch. yeah, yeah. And, and we work with we're we're trying to get funding together 
to support the fishing industry so that they don't capture these animals. And there, there, there's a lot of work, good work being done by a lot of good people to reduce the bycapture of, 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 of these species. The fishermen, it's, it's worth nothing to them, the, the commercial boys. They don't want to catch these. Is there anything else about six-gill shark that you may share with us, but I didn't ask, they didn't even know? Uh, no, no. In, in terms of what we find in Ireland, ju just the fact that we get these animals in shallow water, in daylight, in Ireland, that appear to be big females, there's something cool going on there. There's something really interesting going on there. Um, and I, I think hopefully in the next few years, the team of researchers on this island uh, from Queens and, and, and Trinity and UCD uh, and, and Cork and, and, and all these, these fantastic researchers, hopefully we can get some money together from the bottom of leftover pots of cash because it's an awesome species to work in work with and uh, we can begin to kind of work out what's going on with them and uh, get some nice bits of research out of it because you know they're huge predatory sharks living in our backyard uh, right beside busy bathing beaches <laughs> oh don't say that don't say that because there's be like some bright spark who's like oh we need to kill them all because they're well, yes you're swimming down at 60 meters yeah you're okay well you're you okay. know i i heard that we the, we we shouldn't introduce lynx into uk because the babies will be and kids will be killed by lynx so. You know, um, so um, I, I can entirely see the headlines of <laughs> start terrorizing. You no, know, I don't, I don't think there's any danger. Yeah, there's yeah. no danger from six kill sharks for anyone. They're, 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 <laughs> Unless yeah. you jump on him once at the, on the side of a boat. Unless you dress as a giant seal and sank yourself into deep water. Yeah. Covered in sausages. You, 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 you dress yourself as a dead sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is good. Listen, uh, before I let you go, I want to switch gears and, and talk about a little bit on your main research, which is skate. Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Uh, since the last time we spoke about skate uh, in 2020, what happened since then? Was there any, any uh, you know, like, like if you can give us like a brief update on... Okay, quite a bit. So we, we were running this uh, European Interreg project called Sea Monitor since then. And that, that just came to an end. That You were at the meeting in, in Derry. Uh, I was. There is a blog on my website for people interested. So that, that had a couple of big components to it relating to skate. One was tracking. So we put these little acoustic trackers on the skate. And then we have a, a bunch of arrays, one in Clue Bay, one in the Maidens, a very big one uh, in Scotland. And then there's bigger uh, arrays uh, aligning from Ireland over to Scotland as well. And so we could track the movement of skate. Now, People, the idea beforehand was that skate were quite sedentary, that they don't move that much and they stick to one area. And to a, to a point they do. But we also, from these studies, kind of highlighted that they're also incredibly mobile and can travel hundreds and hundreds. Like we were seeing skate moving from effectively the north coast of Ireland up as far as Orkney. We're, we're, we're seeing skate that are moving from the, the MPA in Scotland all the way down to the west coast of Ireland. Um, so, so that was an interesting discovery, that they're, they're far more mobile than we thought we did a lot of, we're doing the population genetics on them as well. Um, we're, we're still working our way through that. Um, so so, so there, we'll have more to, hopefully I'll be back to report on that in a, in a few months uh, with you. Um, but it's, it's, it's not great. It's not great. They're, they're not doing very well. Um, Are they doing worse than, than you thought or than we thought? I, I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I, I think what, what, unfortunately, I think what, what we seem to be observing is the same skate being caught different areas and being counted twice or three times. Um, How like, did you figure that out? Oh, genetics. We, 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 we got some and then we caught them again and or we tags on them as well. And there's fly, there's all sorts of different techniques. But yeah, the tags I, is obvious. But then with a the tag, you wouldn't think that this is the same, this is different fish in the first place, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the tags fall off, so they can tend to fall off. Uh, but but it, it's it's what else we find? We also like a lot of the stuff isn't published yet. We're we're because the projects are coming to an end. So yeah, we, we I can talk about some of it. Like it, it, it'll all be published soon, folks. You're gonna hear this on this podcast first, right? So, <laughs> go ahead. Go the, ahead. The, age, the age of sexual maturation is a lot older than we thought. Hmm. Um, That's not the good. And, news. And not good news at all. Um, and because remember we talked earlier about the fact that. 
the taxonomic uncertainty that the common skate complex was basically a mishmash of a whole bunch of different species, largely blues and flappers, but could include anything really. Um, and so when they were estimating the age of sexual maturation with them, they, they used a vertebrae, okay, a new age of vertebrae, a bit like a, a, an otolith for a bony fish or like a tree ring, basically. And, and the work done in the 70s and 80s suggested they reached sexual maturation at nine or 10, which is late for a fish. And that's why uh, they were like, oh, these guys can't really take much fishing pressure because their ability to, to recover from it is quite, quite low. We now think that it's almost double that. Um, that they're, they're taking 15 to 20 years to reach sexual maturation, the females. And the eggs can take 18 months plus to hatch. Um, so it's, 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 we still have a bit more gaps to fill in there, but the, these are just provisional results. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's not great. It's not great. So, so in many ways, their kind of life history is more similar to a sea turtle than a mackerel. And there's more stuff. Yeah, we're, we're, do, we're doing quite a bit. Um, but I, is I, the population I, I still declining? We don't know. We don't know. Certainly not growing. Um, I, I think what we have at the moment are, uh, where we get them, like in the west coast of Scotland and in, in west coast of Ireland, down County Clare, Clue Bay, we've got nice refugia for them because um, the adults tend to live in in shallow water um, in the coastal areas. And they're probably okay, other than being annoyed by the odd angler now and again. doesn't do much harm, and I, there's no evidence that that seems to do much damage to them as long as they're, you know, if they're handled with care, you know, you don't gaff them through the eye or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> or just don't gaff them. Um, you know, the, the the Scots seem to capture the same fish. The, 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 we've no evidence to suggest angling has any massive impact on them. Uh, we don't know what the effect on the eggs is. And you don't saying that only because you're on a podcast where a lot of anglers are listening to it. Oh, I'll say something completely different in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but uh, no, 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 there's no evidence. And look, we work very closely with anglers. Um, we have to. It's the only place where we can get a lot of information and knowledge about the species from the angling community. And we work a lot with fisheries as well. It's the only place we can get a lot of dead ones to, to actually do a lot of our work with. So, yeah, it's, yeah we're, we're, our, our understanding of the species has changed massively in the last four or five years. Um, it's It's not as... I, I think we can't be lackadaisical about the conservation of these animals. I think we really have to be a bit more proactive. Um, there's a lot to do. There's certainly bottlenecks. The major bottlenecks are, look, where, where we get the adults, we get the adults. They're long-lived, and they do move in these corridors, and they, they do tend to be found in these same areas. The juveniles tend to aggregate offshore. So the eggs, maybe 18 months for the eggs to hatch, juveniles then swim into deeper water. You kind of go, why? Well, if the, the adults, if you know an adult skate, it's got sharp teeth, and they eat fish. Hmm. So if you're a baby small, and they eat other skate as well, like thornbacks, they eat everything basically that's smaller than them. So if you're a juvenile, there's a, what's known as niche separation. The juveniles occupy a different niche to the adults, so there's no competition. So they move into deeper water offshore, apparently. That's what, what our data is beginning to suggest. And they, they can spend anything up to 20 years maturing in deep water, and then they come back in uh, and they, 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 they find a space to live. This explains, you know, why we, we don't see any great structuring in the populations of skate. They're, all, they're not like salmon. You know where you get every little embayment of their own thing. There seems to be fairly uh, one population of them. They're nicely mixed, which is good. That that that's so you maintain the diversity there. But it it, it doesn't suggest there's a huge amount of of, of them out there. Um, and and the big pressure point for them appears to be the juveniles offshore. They're just getting nailed by commercial, by commercial boats, yeah, as bycatch, and they don't like you know something like a dogfish. You, you catch a dogfish in a net, and if you throw it back early, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll, most of them will survive. A lot, most of them, you know, there'll be a decent survival rate. And, and for most of the smaller rajas, like your, your, your cuckoos and your blondes and your small eyes and your, your thornies, they tend to do okay as well. With the flappers, no. They're so delicate. You got, you got to, you got to remember that they're actually just had my, my, one of my students knocking on the door. He's working on this at the moment. Um, they, they, they're, they're they're higher up the food chain, the flappers. So not a, other than gray seals and orcas and six gills, not a lot eats them. So they don't have the kind of defense mechanisms that other, that other species have. They don't have the thick skins or the, the dermal denticles that they have. So their skin's very delicate. So you put them in a net, they're squished. Ooh. So we, we've just got some nice provisional results out on that that are, that are, that are a bit, bit worrying as well. 
Yeah, it's not good. Not good if you're a flapper's gate. It's, uh, it, 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 it's not rosy. But, you know, what we're doing is identifying that these are issues. And then once we've kind of worked out wh- where where the big bottlenecks are, we can begin to address them. Yeah. And we can you're you're, you're, you're mentioning something like these are probably the, the uh, biggest conservation concern of this of all the species right now in europe certainly yeah uh, they'll be up there with uh, the sturgeon and, and the iberian lynx i i reckon they're, they're not doing well at all yeah are they doing worse than the salmon oh yeah yeah salmon yeah yeah i i you know come to hear like only doom and gloom about the salmon but it turns out that there are like so awesome species like like uh flapper skate the are doing way way worse and you wouldn't think you know because their life history is well it is complex i was about to say something stupid right their, their life history is complex because they migrate well, the-, the difference with the salmon and the skate is that the, the, the skate we know very little about very very little and our knowledge base of them is is is, is very very recent um uh, with salmon we know a lot and we know where the major bottlenecks with the salmon are and it's rivers and lakes. It's water quality and dams and you know nitrates. I heard that the the I thought that the the biggest problem is whatever is happening at sea with salmon. That the return rates, you know, they used to be thirty percent, and now they're single figures. So they're not coming back. That's that's. I don't weird. know. I don't know. Maybe I misinterpreted what was being said at the meeting last week. But okay, um, I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on salmon. Okay, but cool. I, I'd we cut it out gotten, just in case. Uh, yeah. Anyone, any, any angry people coming back at you, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe edit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I do. Uh, but no, no. But with, with salmon, you know, certainly the rivers, are, the the water quality is an issue with them, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that can be addressed with the skate. Geez, we don't know where they are to begin with. Uh, we don't know. We've only identified one egg laying site for skate in the Red Rocks. Um, we know up by Orkney, there's probably some. We know by Tory Island, there's probably some. We know Spanish Point County Clare, there's probably some. But we don't know where, because you know uh, they, 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 we know the sorts of areas where they lay eggs, which is fast flowing, rocky, low sedimentation. Okay, so that's the way you expecting those areas to be there, but you don't know for sure. But so. What we see with the skate is that if, if if there's eggs, there's lots of eggs. So multiple females over multiple years use one spot. That spot could be tiny. Yeah. So how do you find it? it it's it's and and that that's where we are. We we just don't know. We we know the Red Rock site in Scotland, and that was found by divers, scallop divers, and it, they weren't looking for it. They just came across it. Um, th- there's evidence. We know certainly there's some sites around Orkney because just the, the volume of egg cases washing up are, is enormous. And we, we do get volumes of, uh, not volumes, we get tens of eggs washing up and around in Donegal, around Tory and, and around uh, Spanish Point and County Clare. Um, so th- there's some evidence there's something happening there as well. But but that's about that's about as far as we go with it. We, we can't, <laughs> uh, so whereas with the salmon, we know an awful lot about their biology. We know where they lay eggs. We know where the choke points are. Uh, we know bits and bobs that they're we can They're sort of like a celebrity them. species, salmon. Well, they, they are because they're, they're, there's a huge amount of money invested in them. They generate a huge amount of money. Um, you know, it, it is, they're, they're, in terms of the tourism and the, the salmonid industry, it's, it's big It's big money, you know, um, gillies and all that sort of welly boots and tweed. Um, it does generate, you, you just, you know, you compare that to the people who, who, who work with skate. There's a handful of charter boats around the island of Ireland, and and they're not making money hand over fist, targeting skate. If they do, they do it occasionally. Um, it's, it's it doesn't have the same marketing, so it's it's a different ball game altogether. What can be like? Like, are, are you not desperate because you're you're just you're just you're just you're just painting like a desperate picture of what's going on? And like, what are the tools? There are no tools to help them, right? Because like. Marine protected areas, eh, maybe in the 20 years time, maybe in the 10 years time, ban on bottom trawling. Oh my God, before that will thing will get passed, right? It's just like no let up at all, it seems. Well, no, no, no. Like you got to understand where we were four or five years ago to where we are now is a huge increase in knowledge about the species. And knowledge is power. 
And the more we find out about them, especially in terms of like understanding critical habitats, understanding life history, understanding uh, population structuring, uh, effective population size, census size, uh, kind of habitat usage, movement ecology, these bits of information allow us to build a picture and then we can be uh, of, of what the species is doing, where and when. Uh, and then we can begin to look at how they interact with fisheries, uh, which is a major threat to them. And then we can begin to modify. We can begin to mitigate. We can begin to address these issues. Fishermen don't want to catch them. And there are, for you know, there, there are things like turtle excluder devices. There's all sorts of uh, methodologies that the 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 the, the fishermen are, are can can deploy if if allowed if there's legislation for to to reduce the bycapture of these species. Look, look at what the Lads Marine Institute are doing down in in Tralee Bay. That's phenomenal in terms of the conservation of these guys. Where where this uh, the EMFF project run by Ollie Tully, um, you know with, with the you know about this with the tangle netting. It's phenomenal work they're doing. So, so I, I don't think it's a desperate situation at all. I, I think it's it's incredibly positive. There is. A, 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 you know, you look at the regional skate working group. We've got academics across the region where the, the species work all working in unison, which is very rare, believe you me. We've got uh, people from government departments uh, across multiple jurisdictions all pulling together. We've got the NGO sector for, from the WWF to the, the Ray Girls in, in, in Ireland all pulling together all agreeing on the same thing, all coming up with a consensus on how to best manage, how to spend their resources, which are, which are they're, they're, they're finite, the resources we have to throw at this thing. But if we all work together, address the issues, try and address those knowledge gaps, um, raise awareness, then, then that's how you protect and manage them. So I, and, I, and I actually think that what we're doing with the flapper skate is a phenomenal case study for, for, for how to do it properly. Uh, so it's not, I, I know, it's, look, I, I'll be honest, like, it, it's not a good situation. But if it was a good situation, we wouldn't be working with these guys. You know, the, the fact that they're critically endangered, the fact that they require this sort of effort, the fact that we have to put this work in to protect them, that, that's, that's, what, that's what drives people like me. That's what drives other people who are working on this. It's, it's, it's a problem that has to be solved. And I, I, I don't think it's intractable. I, don't, I, I think we can fix it. Huh. Fantastic. So, well, you ended up on a positive note. <laughs> Patrick, thank you so much for your time. Thank you it's for... Right, Brilliant. We'll talk to you, hopefully talk to you soon when we get more skate data out. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave me five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This is great help for me and for the podcast. And while you're already there, don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter. The link is in the description of the show. 